down a peg. Oh, they adjust like this. They tighten around my head. Uh, <laughs> you're like a goddamn vice. <laughs> okay. I think they're comfortable now. They're attached. Uh, okay, so uh, Franco February is over now. Yeah, it just ended. Finally. In my screams of pain. <laughs> well, uh, you know, yeah. not quite cries of pleasure, just no. screams of pain. Well, they're similar sometimes. Yeah, I guess so. But, uh, you know what? What? Uh, I was hoping this week would be a real return to form and we'd be covering a classic, <laughs> but I didn't get a chance to watch it. Yep, so we're uh, we're on Plan B. Yeah, we're on Plan B. And uh, Plan B, as usual, is Carlos Tobolina. Yeah, we uh, we lean heavy on him. I will say, uh, thematically, this is sort of a continuation of last week's episode. Yeah, we're just never getting out of that loop of just uh, random pornographic encounters. Yeah. It's, and movie making. Yeah, movies within movies. Yeah. Where the director's in the movie, but maybe somebody else is directing it, and you're not sure what's in the movie within the movie, and what's just the movie. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, there are some great auteurs out there. There are, and one of those auteurs is Carlos Tobolina. Yes, he is the Jess Franco of West Coast pornography. (laughs) Of the 1970s and 80s. Yeah, we could call him that. He's got quite a few. He's got some moves. You know, he's got a style. He has a style he's all like his a, own. He's like a Michael Bay. Where the, <laughs> or, where the explosions are all just group sex scenes. The explosions are all cum shots. Yes, that's true. Every explosion is a money shot. Yes, and you'll yeah. see it from five different angles. Yeah. Repeated ad nauseum. That would actually be a lot cooler. He only does it, he usually cuts one and then does like a slow motion one. Yeah, he'll do that. He'll uh, do that. He's he's quite something, but... Yeah, uh, he's, uh, most importantly, he is always ready. Yes. Unlike me. <laughs> yes, you were not ready. I, it's nature's fault, though, this time. We were assaulted by the wind. Yeah, it's, the uh, these damn liberals with all their, <laughs> with all their global warming and climate change talk. Yeah, they've caused this. <laughs> if they didn't talk about it all the time, it wouldn't happen. Oh, boy. It's, I, I that, hope that... That's how it works. You put ideas into the world, and then you just keep talking about them, and that makes them real. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I... I, I don't know. I, I know who controls the weather machines. <laughs> who controls the weather machines? Government. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was in that magazine that I found in that van. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been reading that thing a lot. <laughs> this this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, we've, been, we've been hammered by weather, and while our area is known for getting, like, tornadoes and thunderstorms and everything else... Uh, I don't know that I've seen us just get pelted by the wind quite at the level that we did yesterday. Uh, like... Like, we've had some serious windstorms before, but I feel like yesterday was exceptional. Yeah, I think the last big one was in, like, 2008, when it was, like, taking down, like, trees all around town and lifting uh, radio festivals away. 
I think that <laughs> LRS Fest was going on like at the time. I think that oh, was. Yeah. Uh, I think they might have been shooting Rock of Love or one of those VH1 <laughs> reality shows there at the time. So uh, you can go back and check that out. And uh, did Brett Michaels get carried away by the wind? Yeah, and they had to replace him with uh, Vince Neil. <laughs> And then they had to cancel the show because no one was willing to compete for the love of Vince Neil. But yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough not to have any significant damage or lose power, but Jeremy kept power, but lost internet. It's a real conundrum. And it ruined his chances of seeing the film that we were going to cover this week. Yeah. So I watched this one. I watch him out of order. I don't, you know, I just jumble them up. Yeah. I don't keep I don't keep them in order. Do you keep them in order? I usually do. I never almost kn- always. I never know what the order is going to be until I ask you which one you want to do. I just it's always it's always either I've texted you movies or you've texted me movies mm-hmm. and it's always just in the order that they were said. Okay. Sometimes, you know, you, you want to, you got to change it up. Like a surprise might happen in a movie and you're like, we got to talk about this immediately. That has happened once or twice. So yeah. it's, it's not 100% of the time always been in the order I've watched them, but it's usually. Yeah. And we didn't want to do this one like high school fantasies because this is film is something I've wanted to watch for a little bit. So I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see it. But this week until next time we're the raincoat report <laughs> and we are always ready. Uh, yes. Uh, so yeah, Carlos Tobolina, quite a an artist. Yeah, the auteur. And uh, he is not alone in tortured bringing... artist, really. <laughs> in a way, yes. Um, he has had some films with uh, big ideas in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, they don't necessarily deliver on those big ideas, but they're usually you know, fun. They're usually fun. Um, this film. There's an idea here. Yeah, there's one idea. But that's it, and it's not really... uh, I don't even think it's really exploited for all it could have been. No, definitely not. Um, But we do have some fun faces. Yeah, there's there's quite a few little... uh, This film's definitely punching above its weight in terms of casting, I think. Uh, Yes, we get a significant amount of uh, Mr. John C. Holmes in this film. Yeah, you said he was in like five or six sex scenes? Something like that. Let's see, there are eight scenes in the movie. They're all group sex uh, scenes. Well, except, I think they're all group sex scenes except for one or two with John Holmes. uh, Yeah, I think... Actually, it looks like he was in four of the eight scenes, so I guess just half of them. But I feel like he got more screen time than he was just lurking. Most. He's just lingering somewhere in the back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, John Holmes is here. Um, there's a lot of names that we don't see much of, but notably to me, we've got uh, Mike Horner, yeah, who we've seen a lot of. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Ken Scudder, who's uh, you know kind of a usually a more minor player, but in a lot of movies we've covered, right. Dorothy LeMay, we've seen a couple times. Um, and we get a brief but uh, featured appearance from Paul Thomas. I was going to say, I don't think I see him listed on the IMDb, but he's definitely sitting around at the orgy. Yeah, he's in the uh, uncredited section. Okay. Because he was not credited for some reason. No, no, not at all. Um, and uh, we get the return of my favorite Carlos Tobolina actor, Fernando Fortes. Yes, absolutely. From uh, Carnal Highways. Mm-hmm. 
and, and uh, other films like uh, Come Under My Spell, which we haven't covered yet. Not yet. Also on Pulsating Flesh, but I don't remember what role he had. I'm sure it was very... He's probably on the TV crew for... Maybe the, something like that, yeah. Dicky Lake show or whatever that fuck, fucking shit was called. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, also returning Marlene Monroe, also in Carnal Highways. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, introducing, I guess, R- Roni Ross. Yes, and uh, is this, she's got like two roles, I think. Yeah, I think she might only be like, uh, credited with one thing on IMDb. Yeah, but as, the Internet Adult Database also has her in a film called Lusty Princess. Okay. Also a Carlos Tobolina film from 1979. Yeah, probably just under a different name and not credited correctly on the IMDb. Yeah, she appears in uh, three or four scenes in this movie, so... Yeah, she has a wig? Uh, yes, she does. And, uh... She's... Some nice knockers, I'll say. Yes, she is cans. taking on the role of a porn... <sighs> she's like a producer, director... Yeah. Just, um, she's a real... She's an auteur. She's yes. a Carlos Tobolina. Yeah, in a way, she is the stand-in for Carlos Tobolina in this film. Instead of just having Carlos Tobolina in the film. As Although, you... he, he does appear in the film, and yeah. in one scene he appears to be directing, so I don't know what's happening, really. She's um executive producer. She's just got all the money. Well, that's true. And, and it almost makes me wonder if she actually did get a bunch of money and actually did want to make a movie with John Holmes. And actually funded this movie. There's a lot of questions <laughs> to be had. We need a very definitive book or documentary on Carlos Tobolina. And uh, I think maybe we might be the ones to do that. Yeah, I was thinking about how I th- I should spend my time putting together the uh, equivalent of Stephen Thrower's uh, research mm-hmm. on uh, Jess Franco. Yeah. But on Carlos Tobolina. Absolutely. But I think it would be probably hard to actually track down all of his movies. Yeah. You know what? We could try. We could try. And we could... I'm going to call Paul Thomas from Beyond the Grave. No, he's alive. Is he alive? Oh, he's yeah. He's probably alive. He's alive, and I'm going to call him. I'm gonna, all right. I'm going to call Dorothy LeMay. I'm going to track them all down, and I don't know. Everyone from this period's dead. It's impossible for us to do this book. Well, we'll use our Ouija board to get a hold of Carlos Tobolina and John Holmes. Okay. And uh, we'll do that probably here in our break. So we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll be back to talk about I Am Always Ready. take wonders like carlos tobolina yeah we don't need another one we'll just say it we'll get it from we, two, we'll say it as we spray it yeah we'll get it from two camera angles and uh we'll slow it down yeah oh man you should slow just slow my audio down 
one time. <laughs> That'd be uh fun. Sure. Fun. They would like that. They would. They would they want Imagine more. how deep your voice would be. It they would be un understandable. They want more of me and they want it longer and slower. <laughs> a nice sensual yeah. uh, experience. They want a sensual podcast that lasts for hours and makes them sweat. A nice tantric podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the kind that Steam would produce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Let's talk about I Am Always Ready. Okay. So, the film opens with, first, a disclaimer. I'm not sure if it's totally uh, on the up and up, but it says... I'm going to say probably not. I didn't get a chance to read it all. It says, adult films are legal unless proven without redeeming social values, which this film does have according to stipulations by the United States Supreme Court. My question is whether or not it has redeeming social values. I think it might. Uh, well, uh, you know, I missed that originally, but uh, that's a it's a good thing to focus on throughout the film. We'll see what redeeming values this has, or if it's just smut. <laughs> and if it's just smut, we'll throw it away, right? Yeah. Toss it into the trash can. We'll report it for being obscene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to read Tarlos Tobolina's Grandchildren's Garage. <laughs> so we get the first of many uh, interstitial title cards here that tell us a bit of the story, similar to uh, a silent film's uh, storytelling. Yeah, except it's pink and black. Yes, it is pink and black, like Brett the Hitman Hart's title cards would be. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It gives it a nice uh, cheap vibe. So it starts with Ronnie Ross, and in parentheses it says, short for Rosenberg, Oh, inherits a sizable fortune. So we open with a shot that's only a few seconds long of uh, a woman, Ronnie Ross here, played by Ronnie Ross, mm -hmm. uh, shaking hands with a man at a desk. Only a few seconds to demonstrate that somebody's giving her money. So it's worth noting that other than Ken Scudder, who is given a different name in this movie, everybody else is using their real name, mm -hmm. or, as is the case with almost everybody else, is just unnamed, period. The next title card, she decided to produce a great porno flick. So we see Ronnie walking down the street, another like three second shot, mm -hmm. and then we get a, another card that says, calls a known producer... We see her in the backseat of a car being driven around, and she picks up a car phone, and who does she call but Carlos Tobolina? Great. Who is himself driving in a car and talking on a car phone as well. So we're talking about the the upper crust of society in the 70s. Yeah, they were all, you know, so they're the elite, and they all had car phones. They were so busy, they had to drive everywhere, but they still needed to get calls. Always on the go. Yeah, always on the go, those people. The next title card says, Goes to San Francisco. And we get some more shots of cars driving. The next card says, Interviews a cast. And then we see her talking to a couple and a woman rubbing a cock on her face. 
each of these is like we're we're like one minute into the film at this point because each of these shots is a few seconds long. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next card reads: She dreams with John Holmes. Not that she dreams of John Holmes, but she dreams with John Holmes. So we see Ronnie playing with a vibrator on a bed, and in a flash, John Holmes is on top of her. Uh, but this shot, like many, only lasts a few seconds. The next card reads. Ronnie flies John from Europe back to America. What was he doing in Europe? Uh, he was known for going to Europe and like making movies over there. And I think that, if I recall correctly from the documentary I watched about John Holmes, yes, there was like a thing that was like a legend that is almost definitely just something he made up, where he would get paid like tens of thousands of dollars to be a gigolo in Europe okay. and have sex with people, but. It's one of those things where it's almost definitely just shit that he was making up to like sound impressive to people. It does sound impressive. He was a, a gigolo to kings and queens. Yes. So at this point, we've gotten no actual sound from the shots that we've been seeing. It's just been kind of overdubbed generic music yeah. in the Carlos Tobolina fa- uh, vein. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But definitely. we finally do get sound as we see Ronnie talking to John Holmes about... How horny her cameraman is uh, after the cameraman walks off. Yes. And it's worth noting, although we don't see it at first, the cameraman is Fernando Fortes, who uh, is indeed, as we'll see, very horny. And in fact, he's always ready. Oh, yeah. John notes, cameramen always are horny. <laughs> <laughs> So we finally get our actual uh, title credits. I am always ready on the screen. So is this where the movie begins? I I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we'll try to piece it together. All right. Uh, but we get some shots of the San Francisco skyline down to a naked woman who's masturbating and leaning on a nearby house. We get a title card that says, Ronnie starts production. So then we see a woman, uh, this is in like a motel room, she's getting ready, adjusting her lingerie and makeup, and then John Holmes comes up behind her and starts to caress her body. So this woman is Marlene Monroe. Correct. Who I believe is just credited as actress in motel room. Great. (laughs) He's caressing her, and uh, he's shirtless and in jeans, but it's not long before he whips out his massive hog rubbing it against Marlene's ass, and then he takes his jeans the rest of the way off. John has Marlene sit back on the nearby desk, and he starts to go down on her. He laps up her vagina a bit, and then stands up and pushes his huge dong into Marlene. She moans as he gets started, and they kiss a bit as he fucks her. Marlene then bends over the desk, and and John starts to fuck her doggy style from behind. He rails her for a few minutes, and then we cut to a guy approaching the motel room door. We then cut back to the motel room, and we see a slate on screen and hear somebody call action. So was that Carlos, like, showing up to work? Uh, (laughs) so the person coming to the hotel room is the guy who appears in the sex scene again. Okay, 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 yeah, that's right. But I guess... Carlos is off screen and directing the scene. All right. And uh, I think it's Fernando who had this. Or no, Fernando probably didn't have the slate. I think maybe it was Carlos. I don't know. 
Somebody on the production crew had the slate. Yeah, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Carlos is probably the one who called action. John's still going down on Marlene. Uh, they call action again, and we hear a knock on the door. John jumps up and hides in the closet. So the person at the door is apparently Marlene's character's husband, who is played by Angelo Rivera, or who is credited, or, well, uncredited. Mm-hmm. He's listed on IMDb as Joe Markham, and I believe he is called in the movie Joe at one point, so we're going to go with Joe. Okay, here's old Joe. Uh, she comes in and sees her naked on the bed, and he asks if she was, quote, beating off, which I think is a weird word to use for female masturbation, yeah, but beating, whatever. Have you been beating off? Have you been beating off? Yeah. <laughs> he asks if she had another man in there with her and notes that he'd want to be involved in that sort of thing, so Marlene calls out to John, telling him to come out. John comes out of the closet, and the men seem happy to meet. Joe then says he wants to call a girlfriend to join them. So. Yeah, everybody's been swinging. uh, We then cut and see Fernando running the camera. He's got his hand in his pants thrusting in the air. (laughs) Uh, We get a card on screen that says, guess who plays Joe's friend? We see Joe walk into the motel room, bringing Ronnie with him. She introduces herself as Sarah disrobes, wearing nothing underneath her robe, then helps Joe undress and starts to suck his cock. John is going down on Marlene Moore on the bed, then Joe lays Ronnie down on the bed and leans down to start going down on her as well. As the guys go down on the gals, Marlene and Ronnie kiss a bit, including Marlene licking Ronnie's arm quite a bit in a weird way. (laughs) The ladies caress each other's breasts. Then they trade off and the ladies start to blow the guys, with Ronnie finally getting her chance to handle the hog itself. It's uh, quite a mouthful as we see her really having to unhinge her jaw to get it deep in her mouth. Yeah, this is um, this is like a prelude to an orgy. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, So get used to this. Well, I think everything before the last scene in a Carlos Tobolina film is a prelude to an orgy. That's fair, but this one is really setting it up. Yeah. Well, this... Remember when the orgy was just cut in in Jungle Blue? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe. Most of the movies are just like, they have a bunch of sex scenes and then the end is an orgy. Uh, But yeah, Jungle Blue just kind of threw it in the middle. Yeah. Uh, But this suck fest goes on for quite a while. Yes, yes, yes it does. The guys switch off and straddle the ladies' chests and start to fuck their mouths as they're kneeling above them. The guys finish with John glazing Marlene's face and Joe coming on Ronnie. Mm -hmm. We see repeated shots in an odd order that make it confusing to figure out the exact order of events. Yes. But the important thing is that they come back slower. Yes. We then cut with... Out missing a beat to Ronnie interviewing a couple, a husband and wife that do porn together. Uh, this is Dorothy LeMay and Lee LeMay, who I guess uh, might be an actual married couple uh, sharing the same screen last name. I suppose so. They could be, their last name could be LeMay. Could be. They could be. They could be brother and sister. They could be brother and sister, couldn't they? They're just playing husband and wife in this movie. Hmm. Hmm. 
Makes you think. I'm going to just assume that they live in godly matrimony. Yes. Okay. Not in, in an affront to the Lord. Yeah. Hopefully not. Uh, anyhow, they mentioned that they like oral, doggy style, sideways sex, and other variations. Sideways. Ronnie tells them all they have to do is what they do at home. They just need a cum shot. And uh, Lee says that he'll give her like six if he can. Mm. Fernando is ready to shoot with his boner clearly visible in his pants. Ronnie's sitting on a bench like two feet away from them. Uh, Clearly in the shot, but she's like giving them direction. Yeah, she's calling for a lot of close-ups, but uh, it's not really working. No one's getting close-ups in this. Uh, See, the thing is... Maybe Fernando's getting close-ups because I think this camera right, this angle camera is, is not diff- Fernando's. That's what I'm thinking, but... I don't know. I'm just thinking in general. I don't know how many close-ups we're getting out of him. Right. Well, and regardless, if she's not supposed to be in the sex scene, she's clearly going to be on camera no matter what angle they're shooting it from. Yeah. She's really gets herself involved in it. It's kind of a documentary. Yeah. It's like a sexual documentary where sometimes she bones John Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we watch as Lee goes down on Dorothy for a bit. Ronnie uh, continues to give Fernando direction. She says, get a close-up on the cunt. It's beautiful. Yeah, I was going to say, you need to... She's like, get a close-up on the cunt. Get a close-up on the tits. Uh, those would be good clips. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie has Dorothy suck Lee's cock. She's very much in the shot as she continues to give Fernando direction to give close-ups. And then, sure enough... Ronnie joins in and starts to go down on Dorothy. And she's wearing like a Mercedes Benz kind of like race car suit. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like a button up shirt, but like kind of a a silky material. Mm -hmm. And it looks like maybe something that you get for test driving a Mercedes. Yeah. Uh, Not quite the jacket that you get with some sports cars. Right. Maybe like you get that if you buy the car, but you get the the shirt if you just test drive it and get like approved for credit. It's like a tuxedo shirt. Um, But yeah, she wears that multiple times in this film. Mm -hmm. Is she a race car driver? Uh, I would like to think so. Me too. Maybe with the big amount of money that she got, she is... uh, Pursuing multiple career paths. Yeah, she's doing porn here, and then she's doing, um, like, F1 formula racing on the side. It's like her other passion. Have we covered Fast Cars, Fast Women on this show? We have not. Okay. We'll do it soon. I love both of those things. It's it's not necessarily a top-tier film, but it'd probably be worth covering on the show. It's like um, the John Frankenheimer film, Grand Prix. (laughs) <laughs> probably yes it's just i don't think there's like any dialogue in that film for like the first like 50 minutes <laughs> so yeah uh ronnie joins in she starts to go down on dorothy and then sucks lee's cock a bit fernando's still rubbing his dick in his pants just kind of rubbing the outside of his pants mm-hmm. right on his boner he's getting ready so we can always be ready That's he's true. prepared Ronnie asks when Lee will be ready for his first cum shot, and he says, whenever you want, but she tells him not to come yet, so I don't know why she asked. Anyway, she tells them that she wants them to do more positions. 
So the trio are caressing one another with Ronnie licking Dorothy's nipples and playing with her clit as Dorothy sucks Lee's cock. We also see Fernando changing film reels on the side of the frame. Lee goes to mount Dorothy Cowgirl. Ronnie tells him, do it where we can see the insertion. It's very erotic. You don't want to miss the insertion. It's very erotic. Yeah. Uh, She's got some great lines in this. Lee says he's going to come, and Ronnie asks Fernando if he got the cum shot, and he says that he did, but we didn't see a cum shot. Yeah, that was my note. It's only after this that we watch Lee pull out and come on Dorothy's ass. We are watching the dailies later when we see that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We cut to Ronnie, and like, there's that's it. That's the end of the scene, and we immediately, without skipping a beat, cut to the next scene. Yeah, they're at a like a ski lodge. Which I think is also maybe in like Carnal Olympics. I feel like I've seen this one like in the trailers for a couple other Tobolina films. I have a feeling that this is Carlos Tobolina's like den or living room okay. because I've seen it in multiple movies. I hope so. It looks like he lives in a ski lodge. If that's the case, yeah, it's kind of like a wooden uh, wooden backdrop. Yeah, and there's this sectional that I've seen multiple times. Yeah, no, the sectional's there. It's got to be covered in fluids. Yeah, that thing's disgusting. <laughs> He's. He just keeps that room, like, just preserved for when he has to do these films. Yeah. He's like, don't let the kids in there. Yeah. It's like when my parent, grandparents, they wouldn't let me go into the living room. Oh, yeah. I had to go to the den. Oh. The living room was where all the fancy stuff was. I see. Yeah. Like the porno set, I suppose. <laughs> don't let Jeremy go in the living room. He'll get crabs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we cut to Ronnie in this room with a man and two women on a couch that, uh, as I noted, I've seen multiple times in Carlos's films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the man here is Ken Scudder, who introduces himself as Carl Johansson, but he also says he goes by Peter Long. Yes. So nobody else in this movie has a Intr- name no, except n- for him who has two names. Yeah, and none, and neither of them are his real name. Right. Well, John Holmes has a name. It's John Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> Every John Holmes' name is John Holmes. Right. Just like Ronnie's name is Ronnie. Yeah. The ladies on the couch are uh, once played by an unknown actress, but uh, is named in the film as Louisa Smith. And then there's another unnamed character here played by Connie Peterson. Yeah. One of them is a nurse, and one of them is just like, she just wants to be a slut. That's kind of how I told them apart. Yes. So, uh, yeah, the ladies say that they love sex, and Peter Long, uh, a.k.a. Carl Johansson, a.k.a. Ken Scudder. Yeah. Uh, but I'll go with Peter Long, because that's his stage name in the movie. Yeah, it's Peter's Long. Uh, he's finishing up his residency to be a doctor, uh, and as you noted, Louisa wants to be a nurse. But Connie declares that she wants to make a living sucking and fucking. Yeah. All noble causes. Yeah, we need all three to really make society function. Exactly. So Ronnie suggests that they go ahead and get started. Peter invites Ronnie to join them, and she says, for now, she's just going to watch and direct. So as was the case before, Ronnie is sitting two feet away from the group. This is the world's largest casting couch. It is. <laughs> Most of them aren't sectionals. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she's sitting like two feet away from the group as they're getting started with Peter making out with Louisa, but 
30 seconds later, Ronnie's reaching her hands in to help Peter penetrate Louisa as she begins to ride him in a sitting cowgirl position. I feel like it takes them all forever to get undressed because they're all wearing, like, so much clothing. <laughs> and I guess that's just the 70s. Everyone was more stylish then. There were more layers. Yeah, I guess so. You'd have your, you know, like, you'd have your, like, white, gross under t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And you'd have, like, a denim shirt. And then you'd put, like, cardigan on over that <laughs> and you put a toque on your head yeah and you put uh some big fucking pants that are too tight at the thighs and real loose at the some bell bottoms i suppose yeah yeah put those on you put on your cowboy boots <laughs> put your spurs on it's just like the damn goddamn victorian days yeah I'm glad now everyone just dresses like a slob and you can be naked in seconds yes exactly just Rip your clothes off. Yeah, all just one. I'll like those, uh, those fucking uh, windbreaker type pants. You could just yeah, the tearaway the pants. Yeah, I just want those. They they still make them. I need to get a bunch of them. <laughs> that way you can always be ready. Yeah, that would really help. Yeah. If I had tearaway clothes, I would always be ready. <laughs> I'm gonna get a new wardrobe. Ronnie rubs Peter's legs as Connie does the same on the other side. The only difference with Ronnie here is uh, is that she's still wearing her leopard print coat. But even that is shed away quickly to reveal her Mercedes-Benz button-up. Fuck yeah. Connie rubs Louisa's ass as she continues to ride Peter's cock. And then we get a, another title card that says, The shooting gets more interesting, directed by Ronnie Ross. We cut to Peter now laying on the couch being ridden by Louisa while a guy in a paper bag shows up on screen to go down on Connie. Yeah. Uh, This is supposed to be the sound guy based on what they say in a moment. Okay. Uh, Uh, I I don't know why he has a bag on his head. That's a really good question. But uh, I know there was a, in the seventies, there was the unknown comic. He had a bag on his head. Oh yeah. Maybe that's what this is. Perhaps. You're supposed to get it. But uh, the sound in this shot is totally out of sync with the video, 100%. (laughs) Connie asks the guy going down on her uh, if he's ready to fuck her, and the sound guy says he can't because he's already come. But he turns around and asks Fernando if he's ready, and Fernando says a slightly modified version of the title, uh, the closest thing we get to a titular line. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm always ready. So, Fernando... Sits next to Connie and starts to go down on her, just as the sound guy was. Louisa straddles Peter's face for a bit, and then Peter begins to fuck her doggy style. After a bit, he pulls out and comes on Louisa's ass, and Ronnie uses her fingers to smear the cum around. On the other side of the couch, Fernando takes off his shirt, jeans, and jockstrap. I told you, everyone's overdressed. And starts to fuck Connie missionary as she lays on the couch. Fernando says he's coming, and he pulls out, and we see cum just kind of dribble out of his cock onto her vagina. (laughs) Connie grabs his cock and pushes it back in. But then we see a second cum shot, which I thought at first was the same cum shot for a different angle, but in fact, in this shot, we see him stroking as he comes, so it's a different cum shot. All right, they got two out of him. Um, He's He's always ready. Yeah, he is. He sure is. Ronnie says, that's a wrap, and they all walk off. And then we cut to the next scene, again, not skipping a beat. No, yeah. Uh, I'm really glad that scene ended. The heart music that was going on 
through the whole thing was really getting to me. (laughs) We get a shot of a wild 70s carpet here. We see a man coming up behind a woman as the camera pans up. Uh, The man's wearing jeans and the woman a blue dress that's quickly pulled up to expose her bare ass as she's leaning against a kitchen counter. Yeah, and you can, I don't know, maybe just me, I can tell this is John Holmes. I've seen his body. (laughs) I've seen his giant freak hands before. Yeah, I didn't notice it immediately, but it is uh, soon yeah. revealed that this is John Holmes with an unnamed character played by Vicky Lindsay. Yeah, he's so long. He is long in many ways. Yes. Uh, we're only hearing the music playing, although they seem to be whispering and chattering with one another. Vicky is fully undressed and uh, planted on the floor by the bejeaned Holmes who is soon disgened and uh, reveals his huge dong. He did not have underwear on because he is always ready. Great. Uh, now, I feel like in this scene, John is fully hard. Yeah. Which you don't see all the time. Yeah, that's true. It's quite it's quite a spectacle. This must have been the first one they shot that day. Yeah. All the other ones, he's like he gets that like thick loofah thing going on. Yeah. Where it's like it's... It's mostly hard, but it bends real easy. This one feels like a real solid rager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least that's how it looks to me. Uh, so, yeah, Vicky... Penis eye view. <laughs> Vicky begins to suck his cock and spends some time licking, sucking, and stroking it and playing with his balls. After a bit, John mounts Vicky missionary on the floor and he fucks her for a couple of minutes and pulls out and comes on her belly. She rubs her fingers through his cum and slowly rubs the head of his dick. And then we smash cut to a foursome. Yep, on a waterbed. Yes, this is uh, John Holmes, Mike Horner, who uh, is, of course, uh, well-known to the show. Uh, Uncredited here. Liza Dwyer, and another uncredited and unnamed woman who the Internet Adult Film Database does not know who she is. Is she the one with red nails? Maybe. Okay. I don't remember. One of them has red nails, and that's the only way I was able to tell them apart. <laughs> so the couples fuck side by side for a bit. Uh, did you ever notice that Mike Horner looks like a Will Forte character? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they fuck for a bit, and Mike Horner, after a few, pulls out and comes on his partner's belly. We watch John start to go down on his partner and then start to fuck her missionary as she makes out with the other woman who seems to have Mike Horner just collapsed on top of her. After a bit, John pulls out and comes on his partner's belly, causing her to rub around his load with her fingers. The song they play here is like, it's kind of a disco song, but part of it sounds like the, uh, intro to like the star wars theme <laughs> like occasionally like will like sound like in a couple horns but it doesn't like resolve into the rest of it it just right. goes off but it keeps throwing me the entire time and <laughs> i do believe it's played this is my like one of like two songs that's played through like the rest of the film yeah in this- fact <laughs> In fact, this song continues to play as the next scene begins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh this time In fact, the next scene cuts in without missing a beat, literally, in that sense. Uh, We cut to a different couple, 69ing on the bed. 
Ronnie's directing in her signature open Mercedes-Benz shirt, garter, thigh highs, and nothing else. Yeah. This couple is unnamed, uncredited, and unknown on the IAFD, so who knows who they are. They were killed for a snuff film after this. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) They continue to 69 with the guy on top of the lady. Uh, Fernando comes close and gets in there, rubbing all over the couple and even pushing the guy's head away so he could taste the lady's vagina. He goes back to filming, stopping to thrust in the air and rub his pants more. He then You think that's why the camera's so fucking shaky, is he's just always thrusting? (laughs) That's probably it. Uh, He even humps Ronnie's shoulder briefly. (laughs) We then (laughs) cut to Carlos's sectional again. Uh, Ronnie is on it in transparent lingerie and knee-high boots. Yeah, kind of like a fishnet, transparent, like a sheer thing. It looks pretty good on her. Uh, Uh, Her wig is terrible, but I I think she's pretty attractive, generally. Yeah, Yeah, I'd agree. But she has like a wig that's like kind of like a bob haircut sort of thing. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It looks more like a hat. (laughs) So for this scene, we see... Uh, who appears to be Carlos with a bag on his head with the slate. This is scene 69, take 69, according to the slate. Oh, my God. The director listed is Van Buren-Fortes, as in Fernando Fortes. Okay. Cameraman says Fernando Fortes. But Carlos calls action. But I thought Ronnie was the director, but I guess not, at least for this scene. It just depends. They're co-directors. I guess so. Uh, but it's time for the Carlos Tobolina orgy, and a pile of flesh comes in, notably including Paul Thomas, uh, closest to the camera, really, of any of the guys. There's a bunch of sucking around the room. Uh, based off of the Internet Adult Film Database, this is basically the cast of the movie, minus a couple people. John Holmes isn't in this scene. Is he not? No, he but... He didn't, like... They have to pay him extra rates if they want to get him in the orgy scene, I guess. I guess, but... I uh, he didn't want to be upstaged. <laughs> but uh, we've also got Paul Thomas, Ray Wells, and Blair Harris here. Mm-hmm. Ronnie is again sitting a few feet from all the action, rubbing her breasts. The camera pans around the room for a while across all the blowjobs. Fernando, of course, is thrusting and rubbing his pants. We cut, and the ladies and gentlemen around the room are now fucking in various positions, and Ronnie comes up behind a few of the couples, touching and caressing them as they're going about their business. She brings one a towel? Uh, yes, that comes here soon. Okay. Uh, she goes back to playing with herself and watches, and then we see a cum shot, and Ronnie comes over and rubs the cum around. And then another cum shot, and Ronnie joins to caress the woman who is uh, come upon and hands her a towel. Uh, Paul Thomas comes on a woman's ass. I think this was Dorothy LeMay. Mm-hmm. Ronnie continues to watch and rub her tits, crawling around to hand P.T. a towel and kiss Dorothy. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you think this is where your sectional, your old sectional will end up? I hope so. I hope so, too. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of life left to give. A lot yeah. of love left to give. It just has a bunch of cat hair on it in a spot where we dripped wax making a short film. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ray Wells pulls out and comes all over his partner's belly and chest. Uh, more loads around the room as Ronnie watches and hands out towels. You get the gist. 
some repeated loads from different angles. Fernando's really digging it. You never really see the towel girl at the orgy. Not usually. I'm glad we're getting to see that kind of a little behind the scenes action. Yeah, we're we're getting a behind the scenes backstage pass into the world of a Carlos Tobolina film. Yeah. After a bit, Ronnie asks who's going to give her one more cum shot, and they kind of go around the room, and the guys talk about how many times they've come already. They're all spent. All except Fernando, ah. who comes over and declares, I'm always ready to uh, what I think is like flamenco music that starts playing. Definitely. Uh, so Fernando opens up Ronnie's legs and starts to tongue her clit. He then strips and mounts Ronnie Missionary. Again, Fernando didn't have to spend a ton of time undressing. No. He was quick to it because he's always ready. Also, Ronnie spent a lot of money just to, just to fuck Fernando in the end. Yeah, but she got she got John Holmes along the way. She did. She got a lot. She did get a lot. Uh, at first, I think there's some fake penetration when Fernando mounts her. But once they switch shots, it seems to be real, and he pulls out and comes on her belly. He pushes back in and fucks Ronnie more. And then we get a card on screen that says, He is always ready, hyphen. And then we get our credits, and that was it. Oh, there's <laughs> nothing after the hyphen? No. Oh. <laughs> and that was I Am Always Ready. I feel like it should have been called I'm Always Ready. Well, you Seeing know. as that's the actual line in the film. Yeah, you know, contractions don't look as good on a poster, you know? I guess. Yeah. But I feel like, I don't know. I, I'll, okay, maybe, maybe maybe Carlos right. Tobolina doesn't have any films with a contraction in its name. But I feel like across his uh, vast filmography, he's got, like, his last movie was called What's Love with a apostrophe S. So I don't know. Okay. But uh Sorry yeah. you found fault with the title. Uh I'm infuriated. I'm always infuriated. I am always infuriated. <laughs> uh that was his last movie was the only one I see with a contraction in it. So okay, whatever. He resisted that shit all the way up until the end. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on I Am Always Ready. Are you ready? I'm always ready. <laughs> All right. Well, we're back on the Raincoat Report to talk I Am Always Ready. So it's time once again for the Raincoat Review. <laughs> I wonder if the people like that. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I love it. <laughs> I'm never going to get tired of it. I might even press it again. I think that the next episode, at least in a broad sense, we've determined that people like the soundboard, right? 
the the poll that I took that was pretty authoritative, and I think you voted on, uh, said yes, keep the soundboard. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, you monitor the traffic or things staying steady. Uh. Mm, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> because of the soundboard? No, it's it's up and down, but I don't know that I can correlate it with the soundboard in any way. I think Franco-February is always kind of a... Franco-February always starts out strong and then, like, nosedives by the end. <laughs> People do not like that much Franco. <laughs> they, they like one week of Franco, really. Yeah. Maybe we can just do... We'll just do one week a year. <laughs> but, uh... Hell yeah. Um, this movie's like going to the grocery store, and you, you're you busy, you're working, you're a hard-working man, and you grab your Captain Crunch, and you check out, and you get home, and you get home, and it's oops, all sex scenes, <laughs> instead of just the normal Captain Crunch you wanted, or all group sex scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's my review. All right. No, uh. Uh, like I said, it is just, uh, and you, you can't really fault a Carlos Tobolina movie too much for just being a bunch of group sex scenes. Yeah. Uh, without much plot going on, but normally they're more, uh, they're more charming and fun than this one. Yeah. This one's a lot more bare bones. And I do think it's ultimate saving grace is, uh, the little bit of goofy humor it has. And, yeah. uh. The fact that the cast is a, a talented bunch. Yeah. Yeah. You get a, a higher grade cast than uh, what the film calls for, even if they're mostly in untitled uh, or like uncredited scenes. Right. But, uh, you know, you get some Dorothy LeMay in there. You get a little Ken Scudder and Mike Horner. Not yeah. so bad. John Holmes at the top of the bill. Yeah. Uh, things could be a lot worse. But uh, things could also be a lot better. Uh, I, this is similar to those Franco, a couple of the Franco films we covered. Yeah. Uh, and it's just sort of, uh, messy, uh, fourth wall breaking kind of tendencies. Right. Right. Of, uh, except that this one feels way less structured and purposeful <laughs> than anything that Franco did. Yeah. Um, so it really is kind of a mess of a film and, uh, Honestly, the music starts to get at me the way it did in Pulsating Flesh. It's not as bad, but it gets up there. Now, uh, I do think that this one, uh, even though it's 74 minutes, it's more kind of like a stag film in a way. Yeah. I think it would be better suited maybe for like one of those like 50 minute like storefront features we sometimes cover. Yeah. It I definitely see has that. that. It has the, the oomph for that, but. To go much longer is really stretching the point. Yeah. I would give it a generous two stars. All right. Um, it, I, on a good day, I might give it an extra .5 just because I love Fernando so much. Right. But uh, I'm going to call this a bad day. <laughs> I didn't get to watch the other movie. Well, here's what I'll say about this film. Uh, it's Carlos Tobolina through and through, for better or for worse. Uh, it's almost like by the numbers, Carlos Tobolina. Like, I yeah. can look at it and like, orgy, waterbed, uh, <laughs> group sex, out of focus shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. There's, Smash cut, self-insert. I would say that 
you know, we've covered several Carlos Tobolina films on this show. Covered like and five or six now, I think. We're getting we're Tobolinologists. We're uh, undergrads. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, the Raincoat Institute, maybe we'll work on the complete uh, document of Carlos Tobolina. We should get accredited. We should get accredited. Your girlfriend probably knows some stuff about that. I'm going to ask her okay, about we'll, getting accredited. We'll work on that, but... Uh, I would say that of the Carlos Tobolina films we've covered, and I'm trying to remember what all, we've done Pulsating Flesh, mm-hmm. we've done Carnal Highways, we did Maitland versus Serena, Jungle Blue. I want to say there was one other one, but I, those might be it. Those are the ones I'm thinking of, and of those, this is definitely the worst one, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I feel like... They almost all have a gimmick to them, and this also has a gimmick to it, but it has the worst gimmick. Right. Uh, I think that there is some charm to it. I don't hate it. No. But there's just, yeah, it's very bare bones. Yeah, it's just not enough there. It's like an an oriental babysitter situation. Yeah, sort of. Uh, Um, This is better than that, just because of the little bit of wackiness that gets thrown in, but... It's very one note, very bare bones. Yeah, and I think one of the problems with Carlos Tobolina films is the sex is usually not great. Yeah. And that would also be the case here. I think May Lynn versus Serena was probably the best sex in a Tobolina film that I can think of. Uh, This is not that. No. Uh, This is not the worst sex we've seen in a movie, though. Definitely Um, not. It's... It is certainly there in the in the middle somewhere, and as I said, it's probably elevated by the talent of the performers that sure. that he gets for this one. But uh, you know, overall, I'm gonna say that I was charmed by the Carlos Tovalina ness of this. The cast, uh, you know, Fernando always gives me a good chuckle, and uh, he's great in his role here. Um, I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Okay. There's, there's no way I could go higher than that really, but by the end of the movie, I was happy that I watched it, but I will not go back to it anytime soon. You were happy that it was over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was kind of developed like a Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) Uh, a stock Holmes syndrome. Yeah. (laughs) You have John Holmes syndrome. Oh Yeah. (laughs) It's terminal. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. So, yeah, that's it for... Uh, <laughs> Bonk of the week for you. Damn it. I thought we were going to make it through the episode without me specifically getting the bonk of the week. Sorry. Every week, <laughs> someone's got to get it. Well, uh, so this was a fun little movie. We've got another fun little movie to talk about this Friday on Patreon. We uh, do. We're talking about one of the biggest blockbuster franchises of the past 20 years. Yes, and uh, we get to see what is done with the first sequel to one of the highest grossing films of all time. Yeah. And, uh, spoiler alert, it's probably not as good as the first one. Um, Titanic? Yes, Titanic 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, anyhow. The boat bites back. <laughs> uh, that's not quite it, but it's not far off. Anyhow. Uh, we'll ta- be talking about that Friday, so if you haven't yet, subscribe to our Patreon for five bucks a month, you'll get that, and, uh, you know, 
just in general to mm. bonus episodes every month and mm. early access to our normal episodes. So if you want to help us out with a few bucks a month, do that. And if you can't, that's cool. Just listen to our free show. Yeah, and right now we've got quite an archive built up for uh, new subscribers. So that five bucks is really getting your money's worth. We've got yeah, close we to 30 episodes now, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, we've been going a year. It's every two weeks. So it's like 26, 27, we've got 28, to, something got like close that. close to 30 episodes for you to listen to. And yeah, maybe we're closing in on 30. We're closing in on the big 30, the big 3 but uh, yeah, it's a fun little time on our Patreon. But if you can't do that, just listen to our free ep- our free episodes like this. Uh, yeah. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. If you want to reach out to us, raincoatreport at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at raincoatreport. You plugged everything. I don't have to plug anything. Yeah, I was I was hoping you'd jump in to to like close the episode oh, just because yeah, I, I didn't have an idea. Well, you know, if you're going, no, I got one. Okay. If you, you know, wherever you go, if you want to be ready, don't forget your raincoat. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs>